Chapter 11 of the Ramayana. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Ramayana by Valmiki. Translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. Chapter 11. Canto 47. Sumati. Thus to Lord Indra, thousand eyed, softly beseeching Diti side. When but a blighted bud was left, which Indra's hand in seven had cleft. No fault, O Lord of Gods, is thine, the blame herein is only mine. But for one grace I fain would pray, as thou hast reft this hope away. This bud, O Indra, which a blight has withered ere it saw the light, from this may seven fair spirits rise to rule the regions of the skies. Be theirs through heaven's unbounded space on shoulders of the winds to raise. My children, rest in heavenly forms, far famed as Marut's gods of storms. One god to Brahma's fear assign, let one, O Indra, watch over thine. And ranging through the lower air, the third the name of Vayu bear. Gods let the four remaining be, and roam through space, obeying thee. The town destroyer, thousand-eyed, who smote fierce Bali till he died, joined suppliant hands, and thus replied, Thy children heavenly forms shall wear, the names devised by thee shall bear, and Maruts, called by my decree, shall Amrit drink and wait on me. From fear and age and sickness freed, through the three words their wings shall speed. Thus in the hermit's holy shade, mother and son their compact made. And then, as fame relates, content, home to the happy skies they went. This is the spot, so men have told, where Lord Mahindra dwelt of old. This is a blessed region where his votary's mother claimed his care. Here gentle Alambusha there, to old Ishvaku, king and sage, Vishala, glory of his age, by whom a monarch void of guilt was this fair town Vishala built. His son was Hemchandra, still renowned for might and warlike skill. From him the great Suchandra came, his son Dhamrasva, dear to fame. Next followed royal Shrinjai, then famed Sahadeva, lord of men. Next came Kushava, good and mild, whose son was Somadatta styled, and Sumati, his heir, the pure of gods above, now governs here. And ever through Ishvaka's grace, Vishala's kings, his noble race, are lofty souled and blessed with length of days, with virtue and with strength. This night, O prince, we here will sleep, and when the day begins to peep, our onward way will take with thee the king of Mithila to see. Then Sumati, the king aware of Vishwamitra's advent there, came quickly forthwith meet the lofty-minded sage to greet. Girt with his priest and lords the king, did low obeisance worshipping. With suppliant hands, with head inclined, thus spoke he after question kind. Since thou hast deigned to bless my sight, and grace awhile thy servant's seat. High fate is mine, great anchorite, and none may with my bliss compete.
Canto 48 Indra and Ahalya When mutual courtesies had passed, Vishala's ruler spoke at last. These princely youths of sage, who vie in might with children of the sky, heroic, born for happy fate, with elephants or lion's gait, bold as a tiger or the bull, with lotus eyes so large and full, armed with the quiver, sword and bow, whose figures like the aswins show, like children of the deathless powers, come freely to these shades of ours. How they have reached on foot this place, how do they seek, and what their race? As sun and moon adorn the sky, this spot the heroes glorify. Alike in stature, port and mien, the same fair form in each is seen. He spoke, and at the monarch's call, the best of hermits told him all. How in the grove with him they dwelt, and slaughter to the demons dealt. Then wonder filled the monarch's breast, who tended well each royal guest. Thus entertained, the princely pair remained that night and rested there, and with the morn's returning ray, to Mithila pursued their way. When Janak's lovely city first upon their sight, yet distant burst, the hermits all with joyful cries hailed the fair town that met their eyes. Then Rama saw a holy wood, close in the city's neighbourhood, overgrown, deserted, marked by age, and thus addressed the mighty sage. O reverend lord, I long to know what hermit dwelt here long ago. Then to the prince, his holy guide, most eloquent of men, replied, O Rama, listen while I tell whose was his grove and what befell, when in the fury of his rage the high saint cursed the hermitage. This was a grove, most lovely then, of Gautam, O thou best of men, like heaven itself, most honoured by the gods who dwelt above the sky. Here with Ahalya at his side, his fervid task the ascetic plied. Years fled in thousands. On a day it chanced the saint had gone away, when town-destroying Indra came and saw the beauty of the dame. The sage's form the god endued, and thus the fair Ahalya wooed. Love, sweet, should brook no dull delay, but snatch the moments when he may. She knew him in the saint's disguise, Lord Indra of the thousand eyes. But touched by love's unholy fire, she yielded to the god's desire. Now, Lord of gods, she whispered, flee, from Gautam save thyself and me. Trembling with doubt and wild with dread, Lord Indra from the cottage fled. But fleeing in the grove he met, the home-returning anchoret, whose wrath the gods and fiends would shun. Such power his fervent rites had won. Fresh from the lustral flood he came, in splendour like the burning flame, with fuel for his sacred rites, and grass the best of Eremites. The Lord of Gods was sad of cheer to see the mighty saint so near, and when the holy hermit spied in hermit's garb the thousand-eyed, he knew the whole, his fury broke forth on the sinner as he spoke. Because my form thou hast assumed, and wrought this folly, thou art doomed. For this my curse to thee shall cling, henceforth a sad and sexless thing. No empty threat that sentence came, it chilled his soul and marred his frame. His might and godlike vigour fled, 
and every nerve was cold and dead. Then on his wife his fury burst, and thus the guilty dame he cursed. For countless years, disloyal spouse, devoted to severest vows, thy bed the ashes, ere thy food, here shall thou live in solitude. This lonely grove thy home shall be, and not an eye thy form shall see. When Rama, Dashrata's child, shall seek these shades, then drear and wild, his coming shall remove thy stain, and make the sinner pure again. Due honour paid to him, thy guest, shall cleanse thy fond and erring breast, thee to my side and bless restore, and give thy proper shape once more. Thus to his guilty wife he said, then far the holy Gautam fled, and on Himalaya's lovely heights spent the long years in sterner's rites. Canto 49 Ahalya Freed Then Rama, following still his guide, within the grove with Lakshman hide, her vows a wondrous light had lent to that illustrious penitent. He saw the glorious lady, screened from eye of man, and god and fiend, like some bright portent which the care of Brahma launches through the air, designed by his illusive art to flash a moment and depart, or like the flame that leaps on high to sink involved in smoke and die, or like the full moon shining through the wintry mist then lost to view, or like the sun's reflection cast upon the flood too bright to last, so was the glorious dame till then removed from gods and mortals' ken. Till, such was Gautam's high decree, Prince Rama came to set her free. Then, with great joy that dame to meet, the sons of Raghu clapped her feet, and she, remembering Gautam's oath, with gentle grace received them both. Then water for their feet she gave, guest gift, and all that strangers crave. The prince, of courtier's rule aware, received as meet the lady's care. Then flowers came down and copious rain, and moving to the heavenly strain of music in the skies that rang, the nymphs and minstrels danced and sang, and all the gods with one glad voice praised the great dame and cried, Rejoice! Through the fervid rites no more defiled, but with thy husband reconciled. Gautam, the holy hermit, knew, for naught escaped his godlike view, that Rama lodged beneath the shade, and hasting there his homage paid. He took Ahalya to his side, from sin and folly purified, and let his new-found consort bear in his austerities a share. Then Rama, pride of Raghu's race, welcomed by Gautam face to face, who every highest honour showed, to Mithila pursued his road. Canto 50 Janak the sons of Raghu journeyed forth, bending their steps twixt east and north. Soon, guided by the sage, they found, enclosed a sacrificial ground. Then, to the best of saints his guide, in admiration Rama cried. The high-souled king no toil has spared, but nobly for his right prepared. How many thousand Brahmins here, from every region far and near, well-read in holy lore appear. How many tents that sages scream, with veins in hundreds here are seen. Great Brahman, let us find a place where we may stay and rest a space. The hermit did as Rama prayed, 
and in a spot his lodging made far from the crowd sequestered clear with copious water flowing near then janak best of kings aware of vishwamitra lodging there with satananda for his guide the priest on whom he most relied his chaplain void of guile and stain and others of his priestly train bearing the gift that greets the guest to meet him with all honour pressed the saint received with gladsome mind each honour and observance kind then of his health he asked the king and how his rites were prospering janak with chaplain and with priest addressed the hermit's chief and least accosting all in due degree with proper words of courtesy then with his palms together laid the king his supplication made deign reverend lord to sit thee down with these good saints of high renown then saith the chief of hermits here obedient to the monarch's prayer chaplain and priest and king and pure fate in their order far or near then thus the king began to say the gods have blessed my right to-day and with the sight of thee repaid the preparations i have made grateful am i so highly blessed that thou of saints the holiest hast come o brahman here with all these omits to the festival twelve days o brahman sage remain for so the learned priests ordain and then o heir of kushik's name the gods will come their dues to claim with looks that testified delight thus spake he to the anchorite then with the suppliant hands upraised he asked as earnestly he gazed these princely youths o sage who vie in might with children of the sky heroic born for happy fate with elephants or lions gait bold as a tiger and the bull with lotus eyes so large and full armed with the quiver sword and bow whose figures like the ashwins show like children of the heavenly powers come freely to these shades of ours how have they reached on foot this place what do they seek and what they raise as sun and moon adorn the sky this spot the heroes glorify alike in stature poet and mean the same fair form in each is seen thus spoke the monarch lofty souled the saint of heart unfathomed told how sons of dashratha they accompanied his homeward way how in the hermitage they dwelt and slaughters to the demons dealt their journey till the spot they neared whence fair vishala's towers appeared ahalya seen and freed from taint their meeting with her loved the saint and how they thither came to know the virtue of the famous bow thus vishwamitra spoke the whole to royal janak great of soul and when this wondrous tale was o'er the glorious hermit said no more canto fifty one vishwamitra wise vishwamitra's tale was done then sainted gautam's eldest son great satananda far renowned whom long austerities had crowned with glory as the news he heard the down upon his body stirred filled full of wonder at the sight of rama felt supreme delight when satananda saw the pair of youthful princes seated there he turned him to the holy man who sat at ease and thus began and didst thou mighty sage in truth show clearly to this royal youth my mother glorious far and wide 
whom penance rites have sanctified, and did my glorious mother, she, heir of a noble destiny, serve her great guest with woodland store, whom all should honour evermore? Didst thou the tale to Rama tell of what in ancient days befell? The sin, the misery, and the shame of guilty God and faithless dame? And, O thou best of hermits, say, did Rama's healing presence stay her trial? Was the wife restored again to him, my sire and lord? Say, hermit, did that sire of mine receive her with a soul benign, when long austerities in time had cleansed her from the taint of crime? And, son of Kushik, let me know, did my great-minded father show honour to Ram and regard before he journeyed hitherward? The hermit, with attentive ear, marked all the questions to the seer. To him for eloquence far famed, his eloquent reply he framed, Yea, t'was my care no task to shun, and all I had to do was done. As Renuka and Brigo's child, the saint and dame were reconciled. When the great sage had thus replied, to Rama Satananda cried, A welcome visit, prince, is thine the sign of King Raghu's line? With whom to guide thy way or right? This sage invincible in might, this Brahman sage most glorious bright, by long austerities has wrought a wondrous deed, exceeding thought, thou knowest well, O strong of arm, the sure defence from scathe and harm. None, Rama, none is living now in all the earth more blessed than thou, that thou hast won a saint so tried, in fervid rites thy life to guide. Now listen, prince, while I relate his lofty deeds and wondrous fate. He was a monarch, pious souled, his foeman in the dust he rolled. Most learned, prompt to duty's claim, his people's good, his joy and aim. Of old the lord of life gave birth to mighty Kusha, king of earth. His son was Kushanaba, strong, friend of the right, the foe of wrong. Gadi, whose fame no time shall them, heir of his throne was born to him. And Vishwamitra, Gadi's heir, governed the land with kingly care. While years unnumbered rolled away, the monarch reigned with equal sway. At length, assembling many a band, he led his warriors round the land. Complete in tail, a mighty force, cars, elephants, and foot and horse. Through cities, groves, and floods he passed, over lofty hills, through regions vast. He reached Vashishta's pure abode, where trees and flowers and creepers glowed, where troops of sylvan creatures fed, which saints and angels visited, gods, fawns, and bards of heavenly race, and spirits glorified the place. The deer their timid ways forgot, and holy Brahmins thronged the spot. Bright in their souls, like fire were these, made pure by long austerity, bound by the rule of vows severe, and each in glory, Brahma's pure. Some fed on water, some on air, some on the leaves that withered there. Roots and wild fruit were others' food. All rage was checked, each sense subdued. There, Balakilias went and came, now breathed the prayer, now fed the flame. These and ascetic bands beside, the sweet retirement beautified. Such was Vasishta's blessed retreat, 
like Brahma's own celestial seed, which gladdened Vishwamitra's eyes, peerless for warlike enterprise. Canto 52 Vashishta's Feast Right glad was Vishwamitra when he saw the prince of saintly men. Low at his feet the hero bent, and did obeisance reverent. The king was welcomed in, and shown a seat beside the hermit's own, who offered him, when resting there, fruit in due course and woodland fare. And Vishwamitra, noblest king, received Vashishta's welcoming, turned to his host, and prayed him tell that he and all with him were well. Vashishta to the king replied that all was well on every side, that fire and vows and pupils throve, and all the trees within the grove. And then the son of Brahma, best of all who pray with voice suppressed, questioned with pleasant words like these, the mighty king who sate at ease, And is it well with thee, I pray? And dost thou win by virtuous way, thy people's love, discharging all the duties on a king that fall? Are all thy servants postured well? Do all obey and none rebel? Hast thou, destroyer of the foe, no enemies to overthrow? Does fortune, conqueror, still attend thy treasure, host and every friend? Is it all well? Does happy fate on sons and children's children wait? He spoke. The modest king replied that all was prosperous far and wide. Thus for a while the two conversed as each to each his tale rehearsed. And as the happy moments flew, their joy and friendship stronger grew. When such discourse had reached an end, thus spoke the saint most reverend to royal Vishwamitra, while his features brighten with a smile. O mighty lord of men, I fain would bank with thee and all thy train in mode that suits thy station high, and do not thou my prayer deny. Let my good lord with favour take the offering that I fain would make, and let me honour, ere we part, my royal guest with loving heart. Him Vishwamitra thus addressed, Why make, O saint, this new request? Thy welcome and each gracious word sufficient honour have conferred. Thou gavest roots and fruit to eat, the treasures of this pure retreat, and water for my mouth and feet. And, boon I prize above the rest, thy presence has mine eyesight blessed. Honoured by thee in every way, to whom all honour all should pay. I now will go, my lord, goodbye. Regard me with a friendly eye. Him speaking thus, Vashishta stayed, and still to share his banquet prayed. The will of Gadi's son he bent, and won the monarch to consent, who spoke in answer, Let it be, great hermit, as it pleases thee. When, best of those who breathe the prayer, he heard the king his will declare. He called the cow of spotted skin, all spot without, all pure within. Come, dappled skin, he cried with speed, Hear thou my words, and help at need. My heart is set to entertain this monarch and his mighty train, with sumptuous meal and worthy fare. Be thine the banquet to prepare. Each dainty cute, each goodly dish, of six-fold taste, as each may wish. All these, O cow of heavenly power, rain down for me in copious shower. Wines and drink for tooth and lip, to eat, to suck, to quaff, to sip. 
of these sufficient and to spare, or plenty giving cow prepare. Canto 53, Vishwamitra's Request Thus charged, O slayer of thy foes, the cow from whom all plenty flows, obedient to her saintly lord, vines to suit each taste outpoured, honey she gave, and roasted grain, mead sweet with flowers and sugar cane, each beverage of flavour rare, and food of every sort were there, hills of hot rice and sweetened cakes, and curdled milk and soup in lakes, vast beakers foaming to the brim, with sugared drink prepared for him, and dainty sweetmeats deftly made, before the hermit's guests were laid, so well regaled, so nobly fed, the mighty army banqueted, and all the train, from chief to least, delighted in Vashishta's feast. Then Vishwamitra, royal sage, surrounded by his vassalage, prince, pure and counsellor, and all from highest lord to lowest thrall, thus feasted, to Vashishta cried, with joy, supremely gratified. Rich honour I, thus entertained, most honourable lord, have gained. Now hear, before I journey hence, my words, O oh, skilled in eloquence, bought for a hundred thousand kind, let dapple skin, O oh, saint, be mine. A wondrous jewel is thy cow, and gems are for the monarch's brow. To me her rightful lord resign, this dapple skin thou callest thine. The great Vashishta thus addressed, arch hermit of the holy breast. To Vishwamitra answer made, the king whom all the land obeyed. Not for a hundred thousand, nay, not if ten million thou wouldst pay. With silver heaps the price to swell, will I my cow, O monarch, sell? Unmeet for her is such a fate, that I, my friend, should alienate. As glory with the virtuous, she forever makes her home with me. On her, mine offerings which ascend to gods and spirits all depend. My very life is due to her, my guardian friend and minister. The feeding of the sacred flame, the dole which living creatures claim, the mighty sacrifice by fire, each formula the rites require, and various saving lore beside, are by her aid in sooth supplied. The banquet which thy host has shared, believe it, was by her prepared. In her mine only treasures lie. She cheers mine heart and charms mine eye. And reasons more could I assign why dappled skin can never be thine. The royal sage, his suit denied, with eloquence more earnest cried. Tusked elephants, a goodly train, each with a golden girth and chain whose goods with gold well-fashioned shine, of these be twice seven thousand thine, and four horse cars with gold made bright, with steeds most beautifully white, whose bells make music as they go, eight hundred saint will I bestow, eleven thousand metal steeds from famous lands of noble breeds, these will I gladly give, O thou, devoted to each holy vow, ten million heifers, fair to view, whose sides are marked with every hue. These in exchange will I assign, but let thy dapple skin be mine. Ask what thou wilt, and piles untold, of priceless gems and gleaming gold, O best of Brahmins shall be thine, but let thy dapple skin be mine. The great Vashishta thus addressed, made answer to the king's request, Never will I give my cow away, 
my gem, my wealth, my life and stay, my worship at the moon's first show, and at the full to her I owe, and sacrifices small and great, which larges due and gives a weight. From her alone, their root, O king, my rights and holy service bring. What boots it further words to say? I will not give my cow away, who yields me what I ask each day. End of chapter 11